Welcome to the Marketing Stir Podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ears. I'm Jared Walls, Associate Producer and Starista's Creative Copy Manager. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders to get their take on the current challenges of the market, but also have a little fun along the way. In this episode, Vincent and AJ catch up with Eric Hellstrom, Manager of Retention Marketing at Chubby's. He explains how his experience doing improv has helped his career, why he volunteered to be a model for a brand campaign, and how the company has leveraged product placements for some popular television programming. AJ tells us he's an avid napper, and Vincent is not allowed to nap. Give it a listen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Marketing Stir. I, of course, am your host, Vincent Petrofessa. We are recording this on a Monday morning, and yes, this is my energy already. It's exhausting to be me, but that's who I am. Who cares, right? I'm always happy because we have another episode of The Marketing Stir. I'm happy because it's brought to you by my own company, Starista. I'm the VP of B2B products here, Strista Identity Marketing Company. We have our own B2B data, our own B2C data. We help companies market to that data. Email marketing, get you some new customers. First party data, send it to us. We'll enrich it. We will find new customers for you. Who can't use new customers these days? We have our own DSP. We can send out Connected TV, OTT, display, we do it all. Vincent at strist.com. That is how confident I am. Email me anything you want. Anyway, I'm happy this morning. I hope this other gentleman is happy. My co-host, my commander-in-chief here at Strista, Mr. AJ Gupta. What's up, AJ? Hey, Vincent. I am happy. Uh, Monday is always good for me. Most people don't like it, but I'm usually the most rested on Monday. So, oh, nice, nice. I, that's, that's the first time I heard that from you. That's great. Yeah, yeah. You know, what, what, what about Monday does it for you? Well, Saturday and Sunday, I get my naps in. So then, you know, Monday is like a great day. I Huge fan of the naps. Ready to go. Yeah. I, I love it. You know, oh, those avid listeners of the Marketing Stir know that AJ is an avid napper. I am not allowed to get naps because I have two very small children who annoy me, uh, especially my three and a half year old. Well, you, you just didn't train them right. I know. It's it. It's New York City. I can't. These kids are spoiled already. My <laughs> son's asking me about, he's like, father, may I go to brunch? No, he didn't say that. I'd have to sweep his leg. Anyway, AJ, we've got a great one today because I love this site. It is an apparel site and I want people to learn more about it. It is fun. Their marketing is fun. Their products are fun. This next guest is fun. We are so happy to have him here in the marketing stir. Please welcome the manager of retention marketing at Chubby's, Eric Hellstrom. What's going on, Eric? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we're happy to have you. For those of you who will be tuning into this on our YouTube channel, you'll notice Eric's shirt. That is a Chubby's original. Popping it out, popping the collar. I love it. I'm bringing down the group here with a uh, with cufflinks on. I don't know. It's just, uh, but I do have a fun side, as people know. Eric, tell people who are listening about the Chubby's brand. Yeah. So uh, first off, I want to take an unpopular opinion here and say I do not like Mondays. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I know all the people at home are sitting here. Wondering if they're uh, they're in the minority with their feelings on Mondays. I say screw. Yeah. Uh, all about the weekend, which is a great uh, 
a great little caveat into chubbies. Uh, we make clothes that just feel like the weekend. Uh, we, we don't take our tells, ourselves too seriously mm-hmm. uh, and we try to help other people do the same. Uh, we started off in 2011 as just like four guys uh, who knew each other in college and then went off into the real world, uh, worked big boy jobs that they kind of hated. Uh, and then on the weekends, they would throw on like 1970s and 80s shorts uh, and just like have a time. Um, and then they figured out that they couldn't buy them anywhere and they were talking about it and they were like, why don't we make the shorts that we would want to wear mm-hmm. on the weekends? Uh, and then flash forward 10 years now, we make, you know, jackets, a lot of swim trunks, lounge shorts, uh, no pants yet. We've been pretty anti-pants for a long time. Uh, <laughs> you never know. Times change. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my role is uh, manager of retention marketing. I actually just got a promotion about a month ago. Nice. So it's relatively new. Uh, my main focus is on making sure that we keep the customers that we've acquired. Uh, but also my main focus is email marketing, um, copywriting, help copywriting for ads, social email. Uh, I do majority of the email testing, help with messaging direction, uh, everything from product naming to retail marketing as well. So uh, we're a pretty small company, about 45 people right now. Um, so we kind of get our hands in a lot of different things. And Eric, I'll, I'll, later on, I want to get into the email marketing messaging. It's very different. It's very fun. It's very on brand, which I love. But before that, talk to me about, you said you got just got a promotion. How did you get into this business in general? Yeah, uh, I bribed a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, a lot of bribes some blackmail. Um, <laughs> That's why you're on the podcast. You have some dirt on me, and that yeah, is why yeah, you're here. I do I do? No, <laughs> um, I kind of took a really long route around my professional career. I studied political science in college, uh, and after that, went directly out to Yellowstone National Park, where I worked for a season, uh, which was a great experience. Um, after that, did a year in AmeriCorps, where I worked for a nonprofit that pretty much provided services for students who were transitioning from high school to college mostly on reservations in Montana or like old logging towns. Um, after that, I traveled to Portland for a season, worked for a nonprofit, uh, moved back to Atlanta and did some like retail work, worked for a tech company and then ended up uh, as the first retail manager at Chubby's, which was cool. Um, so we, we started retail in the beginning of 2017 and I kind of got in right at the perfect time. Uh, and helped build that up from like one and a half stores to 14 stores real fast uh, and then shouldered my way onto the marketing team, which is great. Uh, moved out to San Francisco in 2018 and then uh, we moved our company to Austin last year. So it's been a ride. It'll be four years in December for me, which is kind of crazy. So Eric, are you based in Austin then? Yes, I am. Oh, did not realize that. You're just about an hour away from us in San Antonio. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I drove through this weekend. <laughs> so what does uh, retention marketing mean for your company? How much data are you guys using? Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, there's a lot of different things we look at and kind of levers we pull. But specifically for me, it's looking at how we're performing on ads and email, kind of things that we can directly um, influence. So every week kind of looking at how much spend's going to uh, people like like. Uh, customers we already have, what type of return we're getting on that, how much we're getting from email, um, what like the lifetime value of a newly acquired customer is over like the first 30 days and then after that, um, and then how much like extra revenue we're making from there. 
Um, I also own our, we have like a rewards program where you can sign up and for every purchase you're getting points and you can do certain things like leave a review, like us on social and get points, which is pretty much just free discounts. Um, so a big part of my role too is figuring out how to use that to re-engage people. Gotcha. And are there specific marketing tools that you like or that you use on a daily basis for things like email? Yeah, I mean, we use Klaviyo. So I'm, you know, I'm deep in the game on Klaviyo. I've uh, spoke at their conference last year. It's a cool platform. Um, but yeah, it's a crazy amount of time in there. Um, and we do a lot of our reporting out of Looker. So uh, I do a lot of like the email data side. So weekly reports on Looker and stuff like that. Gotcha. Yeah. And Eric, you, I want to back up on something you said. So you were actually a retail store manager yeah. at one point and then, and then you shouldered your way onto the marketing team. Talk, talk to me about that. I mean, it's almost in a way it's like from the ground up, if you will, but yeah. uh, tell me about that transition. How did that happen? Was someone just like, Hey man, uh, uh, you, the store has been doing well. Yeah. Join the marketing team. Yeah. So it worked well for me is I kind of, uh, I really wanted to work for Chubby's because I knew of the brand for a long time. I kind of knew what the voice was that like, it was pretty, it's a kind of a comedy centric brand. And I did improv comedy and comedy writing even before working for Chubby's. So once I got in there, I kind of just looked for opportunities to not only like use it in the store, like when customers would come in, we'd really joke around with them. Uh, and it was kind of a unique experience because the things that people were seeing on the website an email on social, they're coming into the store and we were providing it in person, which was great. So it kind of gave me a leg up and like uh, kind of got noticed for that. But even then uh, we start, we have a Slack channel that uh, it's called, it's an email subject lines one that I got myself into just because they knew I was kind of funny. Um, and I just started writing free subject lines in there. So I probably wrote a couple thousand subject lines even before they started paying me to be on the marketing team. Um, which was cool. And then I kind of had a good relationship with the director of e-commerce marketing at that point, after like a year of being in that channel and doing some other marketing stuff for him, um, helped like shoot some stuff and uh, like actually write some emails while I was a manager. So uh, I kind of used that to my advantage, which was nice. That's awesome. And that's when I knew I really liked you when we were talking and I was like, this guy just would go back and forth and then come to learn improv comedy i've i've done you know three levels of improv comedy and stand-up comedian our one of our producers is a comedian uh aj thinks he's really funny <laughs> and we have he's naturally funny as someone once pointed out at a, at a networking event he's like this other guy tries too hard you're naturally funny and boy has he been happy ever since he's heard that you know but pretty big in Germany, you know? Yeah. This, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah he, we were at an event, this uh, person from Germany, I told us like, yeah, they're, they're known for comedy over there. But <laughs> so it's, uh, but Eric, that must, I mean, it helps me in my role, just being able to, I, I always tell people I could give a PowerPoint presentation in front of seven people when I've handled a bachelorette party from Denmark, like, I've got this, but how did that help you, uh, you know, at, at the job, you, you kind of touched upon it, but uh, you know, how has that helped you in, in aspects of the job, especially at Chubby's and then talk to me about, I love your subject lines. It, it gets yeah. my attention every time. Uh, a little bit about that. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, having a background in any sort of comedy is like helpful with pretty much anything, especially if you're dealing with people or working with people or trying to sell people like a speedo for some reason through email. Um, <laughs> it's just a certain amount of like, you know, you've tried out a lot of stuff, you know what's funny. It's nice to like not have to worry about writing a super unfunny email when you know that like you can talk to the people you work with too. We have a lot of funny people on our team, but um, it's been great for that. It's been great for trying out stuff. Uh, you kind of, uh, when you're writing comedy stuff, you know that you can't just write a one and done thing. You kind of have to do a lot of times, especially at the beginning, you have to write like 10 to 20 things just to get one thing that kind of works. So like having that mentality and being able to brainstorm and work with other people and bounce ideas off of people, I think is huge for marketing um, and is a big help with improv. Uh, also just from the improviser side, like you have to work as a team a lot. So it's good. There's a lot of give and take there. There's a lot of like not saying no, asking people like, or like taking what somebody gives you and then building off of it, which has been super helpful. Um, and then specifically with subject lines, I kind of came into this so like email program and we were already doing like ridiculous subject lines so uh it's been great for that because like you know uh like one of my favorite subject lines i've ever written is like the this email contains no snakes uh which is great but like i can just write dumb stuff like that and yeah you know we're pitching we still have that channel we have about eight to ten people in the company who are pitching subject lines all the time um and so like constantly every week i'm forced to be creative which is nice uh, yeah but the subject lines are cool and we test i mean we test so many subject lines there's like for every message that goes out we test four different subject lines hmm. uh, so there's so many opportunities to do like really good ones and really bad ones yeah eric i have a note here from our producers saying you had a modeling stint at chubby's as well <laughs> yeah i did you know, so, I tell us a little bit more about that stint. yeah i mean i don't know if you're not watching on youtube i'll just describe that i have uh semi-long curly hair and a voluptuous mustache um, <laughs> which goes really well with short shorts and bathing suits and i've been told i have a dad bod which is like either an underhanded compliment or a burn I'm not sure but, <laughs> it's a burn it's yeah a burn. it's kind of a burn yeah. But yeah, I, the first time I did it and we still use the assets, it was 2018 and we were doing like, uh, it's like this waffle lounge. It's pretty, it looks like a onesie, but it's like a long sleeve top and a pair of shorts that are like that thermal long john material. Um, and it was just me like holding a bunch of Christmas presents, which was, you know, I feel like I did pretty good for somebody who has no, I had to ask them how to model. <laughs> I was like, how do you want me to stand? Cause uh, you know, it's weird, but um, even this year in 2020, like we couldn't hire models from like March through May. So uh, I did a decent amount of modeling this summer, which was funny, like in the apartment, a weird amount of photos in the bathtub wearing a bathing suit, which we used one of them, but it was kind of a waste of time because they looked, it's not a good look. <laughs> but, yeah. Love it. Yeah, we get the team involved when we need to. So I'm always willing to model hey. or be dumb in a video. We're going to have to grab some of these photos for the uh, creative we do for this podcast. Yeah, do it. Right. Send you some too. I got them. <laughs> so Eric, you've been uh, at Chubby's for almost four years now. What's been kind of a moment that you're particularly proud of uh, during this time? Yeah, I have one in particular that happened the past two months. It's not even really related to my role, but <laughs> um, Casey Neistat is like a, 
filmmaker who's like pretty well known for uh, YouTube videos and like being early in the vlogging game. But I saw he started vlogging again recently and I saw him wearing a pair of our shorts or running in them. And I was instantly like, that's a great opportunity. And so I like was talking to people in a Zoom meeting. I was like, do you all know Casey Neistat? And everybody was like, no, there's no response. Nobody was excited. So I was like, fuck it. I just found his email through Clavio because he clearly shopped with us. I reached out to him and like in the way that he would talk and email and the dude emailed me back the same day. And he was like, yes, send me like, send me these shorts, these shorts, these shorts. He's like, I love the brand, which for me was like, it was dope. Somebody that I look up to and thinks like super creative uh, was, likes our stuff. So I sent him like a bunch of stuff. He actually tagged us in a tweet yesterday. I sent his daughters matching like kids hoodies that we had left over from last year. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and he just like tagged and we didn't like pay him anything. We just sent him all this free product. Uh, and I did personally because I was like, this guy's dope. And like, he's cool enough where if we don't ask him for a lot, he'll like use the stuff and wear it in his videos, uh, which is super rewarding and awesome. Uh, and just felt like a good creative outlet. I also sent him a free pair of shoes because he tagged us in a tweet and I was like, this guy's the man. I don't know you guys had shoes as well yeah I saw and, and like you said it's <laughs> you don't do you have shoes I was like uh, yeah, he's a runner though so I I had weirdly watched one of his vlogs where he said his shoe size and I was like fucking I'll go buy him a new pair of running shoes oh wow yeah do you that uh you know I I would love to have fans one day like that AJ yeah. from uh, from our podcast come on there's 46,000 listeners out there yeah. uh one of you said me I'm a size 12 yeah. I don't run. I'm a more of a dress shoe guy. Uh, <laughs> I just bought my first pair of Air Jordans at uh, 42 years old, and I uh, think I, I think I'm cool. But anyway, uh, that's awesome. Well, that was a, a kind of a question I had, Eric. You answered some of it there, but if, you know, we've had some other brands on where they were like, "Yeah, I think for us it was so and so wearing our necklace," you know, yeah. uh, in in uh, the show. Big Little Lies, and you know, so was it kind of that for you, or was there an, that was more for you and the brand, right? But were there yeah. other people just kind of like wearing the seven inch, rocking the five inch shorts or the seven inch shorts, and yeah. uh, you were able, they put some free publicity out there for you? Yeah, we get a lot of that, which is lucky. I think it's mostly driven out of the fact that our clothes and our prints are pretty different. Um, there's like a number of like NFL players, NBA players who will catch just wearing our stuff. And we'll like repost there. It's just like sweet user generated content, which is uh, super awesome. But there's also been other things too. We've been on the bachelor, like their uh, bachelor reached out for us to send them a bunch of like swimsuits for all their weird hot tub scenes that they do. I don't, I don't really watch the show, but uh, I just assume most of it takes place in a hot tub. So uh, we sent them a bunch of stuff, which they wore, which is cool. Cause you, you can see upticks and like, search and like twitter mentions and stuff like that when that happens people trying to figure out what the swimsuit is it looks cool um we also had stranger things reach out like two years ago i was working in atlanta as the uh, manager there and they reached out we gave them a bunch of shorts for the kids to wear in some like high school scene um which wasn't like all the shorts look short anyway so (laughs) we didn't really stick out there but um it's kind of been a compounding thing over the years like we just get more and more recognition for that um but yeah, we benefit a little bit off of like the virality of like 2013, 2014 on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Like back then we kind of bubbled up to like over a million likes on Facebook, just wow. based off of like, you know, interesting content and like sort of memes about our products and then sketch videos that we would shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that helped. And then we rode that wave into like 2016 and beyond. 
Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it, it's, and also it's great because it's a conversation piece. If you see someone with any piece of chubbies, you know, that person is fun right yeah. off the bat, right? You, even the emails that you're sending, especially on the retention side, acquisition may be different because you don't have that customer yet, but on the retention side, you know, you could get crazy with oh, yeah. the emails, which is, which is fun. It's, it's not always like, well, you have to, it has to be in this tone and that tone, the yeah. people, your audience, it's like, you know, your audience, it's a built-in audience of people who are fun. No one who ha or who's ordering from Chubby's isn't fun. There's no way. <laughs> yeah. it, and I have a question because a lot of the stuff you started out, if you look at uh, chubbyshorts.com, it's been shorts, it's been swimwear, beautiful colors, bold colors, nice patterns. Vacationing isn't what it used to be, right? Yeah. Yeah, people aren't maybe going to those fun parties as much. Has there been a shift in, in Chubbies of, of like, oh, we have to start offering some pieces in this area? Yeah, it's been surprising this year that swimwear has held up. We thought I mean, for us personally, we were like, we might tank this year. <laughs> we were scared. Uh, but people still want to have fun, even if they're not going out and doing a lot of stuff. Um, one thing we've benefited a lot from is that a lot of people are working at home or sitting at home because uh, they lost their jobs and they like our clothes are super comfortable. Um, so we've done really well in like lounge shorts, casual shorts, even swimwear this year has been incredible um, to see the way that people are like still interested. And I think part of the way that we, we navigated it is we took like a brand position of bringing up, you know, the times that we were in a lot of our content, email content, even our photo shoots were based around like, you know, I haven't left my apartment in five days. And I like found this old pair of shorts that I told the design team to put on the website or something. We'd make up goofy tropes like that. Um, and like swim shorts. So you can pretend like you're in the Bahamas, even though you're like stuck inside while it's raining. Uh, we did a lot of that, which, which helped. Um, so we're not too worried for that. And then like going into fall, we do outerwear and stuff like that. So, um, we're pretty well positioned. This tends to be our slow season, but still we're, it's looking pretty good, which is awesome. Eric, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, your, uh, experience before Chubbies? It seems like with Chubbies, you've really found your stride, but, uh, you, you had quite a few other uh, things you did before Chubbies and how that sort of, uh, uh, how, how those went for you and what uh, advice you have for people who are looking to find the right career. Yeah. Yeah. I've worked so many jobs. I mean, there's a series of time where I didn't, I never worked a job more than a year. And a lot of them was like eight months. Some of it was seasonal work, but some of it was also, I have a problem with authority and I was working shitty jobs, but um, <laughs> Yeah, it was really good. I mean, it makes you really appreciate when you find a role or a job or something that interests you, especially if you're a creative type or, uh, yeah, for me, like finally being able to do something where I'm writing a lot, even if there is a lot of other aspects is, is pretty stimulating to me, which is great. Um, you get really good at, you know, it's, it's easy for the brain writing to do now when I worked for, you know, six years and all across the country and like, you can't take yourself too seriously can't really think you're the hot shot at a job when you're like, you know, fixing bikes in Portland or like I did some bike taxi jobs too, where like as fun as it is, you know, you get really nice because people kind of treat you like trash sometimes. So uh, yeah, it's been all the work experience I think was good and landed me in a spot where like I can work hard. Uh, I know what I'm doing, which is good. I know how to work with other people um, and like 
able to appreciate jobs that are good, which is sweet. I saw you were also involved with the AmeriCorps. What was that experience like? Yeah, it was cool. Uh, I definitely, AmeriCorps is a sweet, I was in the VISTA program there where they like set you up with nonprofits uh, all across the country. So it was great. I lived in Montana and I brought home like 900 bucks a month, which was kind of wild. They set you at a pretty low pay rate. And I lived on a futon in like a tiny little room in a few bed house. Uh, so that was cool and super humbling too. Like you get, I ate a lot of instant mashed potatoes that year, which was nice. And <laughs> I stopped. Yeah. yeah, I stand by instant mashed potatoes. I'd like to take this moment just to say that they're great and people will hate on them if you have them in your apartment. But I say, do you? Spread yeah. your wings. And eat they come in handy, quick. Yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. I'm not sponsored by them, but I'm just saying, go out and try some, put some butter in it. But uh, Eric, you are available for modeling, just to be clear. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's just a potato sack, uh, right? <laughs> holding, a, holding a stick of butter in, in the bathtub, because that's where yeah, it goes down. Yeah. Put me in a bathtub of instant mashed potatoes. Put me on the box. Let's sell some stuff. I'm that's just it. saying, reach out any companies if you're listening. Um, but yeah, it was really great. And also doing something that's like for other people was sweet. Um, it's kind of nice to do a job that feels good. And, and I wasn't making, I was ready to be done when I was done though. It was like <laughs> this time I was working in a basement a lot of the times, like in a corner, which is, you know, not ideal working conditions. <laughs> a lot of like weird comedian energy. Uh, you know, I like to walk around and joke with people, <laughs> which is not that easy in the nonprofit world sometimes. Yeah, now uh, take it from me, having just did a nonprofit show, uh, <laughs> courtesy of my CEO there, that it is not easy to make people in the nonprofit world laugh. Yeah. Although I think I did okay, AJ. Yeah, give, under the circumstances that uh, you came in with a couple of uh, people who were talking about how uh, folks have died from cancer. And then my job was to introduce Vincent <laughs> next. Hey, we have a stand-up comedian to make so you guys lovely. feel better. Yeah. So. <laughs> It was, uh, yeah, and of course it was pro bono, and it was just, yeah, it was the weirdest intro. Uh, AJ actually did a great job of diffusing it, but it was for a, a an organization that that supports, you know, cancer and, and a cure for cancer and and yeah. fundraising for that. And then it was, it was someone's, hey, it was your birthday recently. Yeah, but bittersweet, I lost an uh, uncle. Ladies and gentlemen, Vincent James. And I was like, this is the worst. Uh, you know, well, I guess, you know, there's worse things out there as that, you know, young lady was just experiencing. But yeah, it's about the environment that you're in. Uh, speaking yeah. of environment, I wanted to talk about the, the retail stores. Yeah. Right. That was such a big part of who Chubby's is as well. The interaction with customers. What's happening there, Eric? Yeah, so we've dialed back a little bit. Granted, this year had, didn't help at all. It's a pretty bad year to be in physical retail locations. Yeah. Um, but we kind of always went in as like with the startup mentality that we'd sign a short-term lease. And if the store wasn't doing well, we'd like close it down on an instant or like the stop of a dime. Um, so we kind of have worked it into like our five best stores now or it kind of survived the storm that's been this year. Um, and uh, those are still cranking, which is great. Uh, being somebody who's from retail and like got to experience what it's like to be in those stores. I don't think they'll ever go away necessarily. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a rough year for them. Um, but personally, yeah, for me, like uh, the experience that I got there was super great. 
like being in retail for so many for I was in it for like a year and a half at Chubby's. So I like know our customers in and out. I've seen, you know, thousands of people walk through the door and it's like such an invaluable thing to know how to talk to them in person. So you can like, now that I'm in meetings where we're not even talking to any customers right now, I can be like, I think the customer would like this, which is great. And do you think that's valuable for people, you know, to maybe every employee, depending on, you know, their location to maybe work at the retail store as well? Yeah, I think you got to. I mean, it's hard. There's certain soft skills that you have to have to do it well. So it'll for sure make you appreciate what it's like to just talk to, you know, if you're talking to hundreds of strangers in a day, uh, it's a certain amount of energy and like a buoyancy of happiness that you have to ride through, especially with, with our stores. Um, which is great, but also like just getting to talk with people and see how they interact with, with us specifically in fashion, like getting to see how people interact with our products. Personally, for me, like uh, I would tell people to touch the project. Like I'd be like, feel anything you want, pick it up. It's all stretchy. A lot of like the draw to our stuff is that it looks cool, but it feels really good, which is something I learned early on. And you just like instantly get good and start building like this toolkit of things you can say or do or touch points that are like great for uh for converting people which is cool i mean one of the best ways to convert somebody with clothing is just to tell them to try it on be like try it on try on anything here's something else to try on and then like asking them how they felt about it giving good advice um you know knowing how to size somebody before they even ask you for the most part like I can pretty much it's like a superpower now i can just like sit on a bench and watch guys walk by and be like medium extra large. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. I don't know how, if I can ever make it work in any other field, but uh, I've got it. That's awesome. Yeah. Eric, besides your own brands, what are some of the other apparel brands that you respect or that you personally uh, shop at? Yeah, I'm a big Marine Layer fan. Uh, okay. They're kind of like, an, I see them as like an older cousin to us. It's like a little bit nicer clothes as far as quality their price points a bit higher um and like a little bit less crazy than our stuff is but i like their shirts a lot um i have some of their pants too which are cool um so i like them and they also take a similarly like light-hearted approach with their copy and vibe uh which is nice um outside of that there's a few like huge brands that i like i like ll bean surprisingly i'm waiting like I think once I hit 35, I'm just going to go to town on L, like LL Bean's website mm -hmm. and you're just going to catch me in like sweaters and like weird Chino pants and like Birkenstocks or something. I don't know. That is not surprising, by the way. It is not surprising, <laughs> LLB. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I don't drink tea, but I feel like once I start wearing a lot of LL Bean, I'm going to drink tea every day, which is mm -hmm. cool. It'll be a turn. No more coffee, I'll tea. Uh, they're cool. And their marketing's <laughs> pretty solid. Uh, they do some cool stuff and they're like, they're such a huge brand. I mean, they got stores all across the country, but they have ways of like keeping some of their email marketing and social stuff fresh, which is cool. Um, yeah, that's the bulk of it. You know, I have so much clothes from Chubby's that I tend not to go <laughs> out there. I do like Faherty too. It's kind of, I keep an eye on men's brands that like they do really comfortable and cool men's stuff a lot. So like Faherty is a big one too. Uh, it's so expensive though. I bought a pair of their sweatpants one year and I, when I was living in San Francisco and I like was worried I was going to have to take out a loan to make it through the month. <laughs> they're comfy, but I'm like afraid to wear them now. It's like, they're too nice. Eric, you've lived at a lot of uh, different places. What's been kind of your uh, 
favorite place to live at? Yeah, you know, I gotta give it up to Austin right now. Austin's been great. I don't know if it's because I'm older and like, you know, I, I adopted a dog when I got here and like, you know, it's a lot easier, more affordable to live on your own. So I feel almost like an adult, which is cool. Um, so Austin's been super awesome. Um, Atlanta was a, a close second. I lived there for three years. Just a really, really cool city that like, you know, big things for me are like being able to bike around everywhere you want, like cool comedy scenes, great bar, bar scenes. I like places where you can go to like a real divey bar and get like relatively cheap drinks, which is cool. Um, where they're dimly lit and like kind of dirty, like you can't wear nice <laughs> shoes too. So there's a good amount of dirty bars here, which is sweet. Well, for now, yeah, we'll see what happens. They don't, the dirty bars tend not to do well with their money. So it's been a tough year for the yeah, dog. Yeah, I'm curious how uh, Sixth Street is holding up right now. I haven't been back, back in Austin in a long time. Yeah, I've heard it's popping down there a little bit, but I haven't been. There's, there's been a few places closing, but uh, yeah. the type of people who party hard on 6th Street tend not to care about uh, <laughs> pandemics very much. Fair you know? point, fair point. Yeah. They probably didn't care about it before. So <laughs> They might not even know what's going on, you know? Like, <laughs> like what's pandemic, yeah. Yeah, like, why is everybody wearing masks? I guess I should get one to be in. <laughs> I uh, wanted to ask you guys about, so what, what are some of the plans for, for next year? What's some of the brand vision that you guys have? Not pants yet, as, as well as you shouldn't yeah. know, as well as you shouldn't know, you know, I, I love, you know, um, the direction, you know, the, there's fun, but there's, there's some pieces of fun, like the Taco Bell collection, right? But there's also some that like a 42 year old dad who still thinks he's pretty cool who reminds his wife that every day like you know those um the fleeces those are cool it's like yeah. it shows that you're fun side but it's it's versatile what's some of the plan whether it's a different line eric whether it's uh you know to bulk up stores the experience there talk to me a little bit about 2021 yeah so uh the cool thing is we got a lot of learnings from this year and we did pretty well, which is good. Um, next year, we're kind of doubling down on things that work well, which is like surprisingly our core, like casual and core swim styles. So like we've historically just gone like haywire with the amount of prints and things that we'll come out with and like kind of just throwing paint at the canvas. And we've been getting better and better every year at like honing in on what really does well and like where we should take creative chances um, so like we will be way more in stock than we ever have been of our great stuff, which is cool. Um, and there's some new developments. We sell just a crazy amount of swimwear and, uh, there's it's compression lined swim. So, you know, that like weird gravelly brief liner that's normally in a swim trunk that like you want to cut out because I it hate it. Yeah. Like a trail of chafing. Uh, there's a new, like it just, we just started this year, but it's like a really nice brief liner in there that is like almost soft like uh sport underwear material which is really cool and we're just going all in on that i think because people have loved it this year um which is cool and then same with uh we do shirts we do long sleeve short sleeve shirts that are cool uh doubling down on that as well no pants yet but i have seen prototypes i don't know if i'm even allowed to say that so you bleep it out but <laughs> yeah it's uh, here we, you know it's it's, yeah. it's the marketing stir finds out first i love it yeah, hot take. <laughs> pants. Um, yeah, pants. I don't know. We'll see. We used to talk so much shit about pants. Like it was one of our favorite things on social is just to like make fun of people who wear pants. Granted, you know, 
<laughs> I sometimes wear pants when uh, it gets cold out every once in a while. If there's like a nice formal thing, I have to wear pants, I'll wear them. But uh, we've toned down some of our rhetoric against pants just in case we open up that Pandora's box. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. Well, Vincent, I'm sure, is the only one on the podcast that has pants on right now. Yeah. Yes, because I, I know I'm at an office, but uh, you yeah. Know, yeah, and they're and they're boring pants. You know, I'm a fun guy. I need to show more. <laughs> of my personality through my, uh, through my clothing. I really do. Yeah. But well, yeah, but even you could do pants fun, you know, a, a yeah. funky design. Uh, you know, you could, you could do that. I want to yeah. get back to your, uh, your founders, right? You just said it was like kind of four dudes who knew each other from college. Yeah. yeah. Uh, are they still around? What are those guys like? Yeah, they're all cool. We met them all. Um, then they're like, three of them are still in the day-to-day business. One of them stepped away about a year and a half ago to go start his own venture. He's still semi-involved with the company, just day-to-day operations. He's kind of taking a step back. Um, but they're all really cool and kind of bring different like tool sets and skills. Like there's one on the finance side, one on the marketing side, one more on like the design and production and sourcing side. So it kind of works out really well with like the give and take that they have and their ability to like, you know, build the company up. I mean, they've done a pretty solid job just taking it from four guys who left their jobs and like worked out of an apartment in San Francisco to like a pretty big company, all things considered, based out of Austin with their own office, which is cool. Um, but yeah, they kind of took a big chance and it, it worked pretty well. Um, they have a bit, yeah, the way that they got started too is super interesting. Like Shopify was relatively new to the game in 2011. Uh, not a lot of people were like building brands on like e-commerce brands at the time. So um, they kind of got to build the playbook, you know, people didn't quite know what to expect. So uh, they didn't have a lot of cash. Like one of the funny stories is I think like a year in, they did this Facebook giveaway for like every, if they got a certain amount of likes, they were going to mail out koozies to everybody who liked it. Um, And so they based the pricing of it off of a stamp. So like putting a stamp in an envelope and they thought they could just take like 25,000 koozies to the post office and they would just ship them off and they'd be like, cool. <laughs> and they got to the post office and they're like, yeah, we don't do this guys. Yeah. So like this one, like easy, like marketing thing they thought they could do turned into like a two month ordeal, like trying to figure out fulfillment for like dumb marketing campaigns. Um, so there's a lot of trial and error that's funny to hear about and kind of like, you know, it's something that still sticks in the company where we take chances on stuff sometimes which is great um but we've learned a lot and you know know how to ask the right questions which is good yeah last year we had this our marketing team had this idea of shipping out these uh, christmas boxes and they put alcohol in each one of them nice. and when they got to the post office they had to check that there's no alcohol so they panicked <laughs> and it had taken like it took like good five ten minutes to pack each box so and yeah. there were thousands of these boxes just sitting in the office and they were removing the alcohol from each one of them. <laughs> oh, that sucks. So I would have personally just taken the chances, but some people are more uh, focused about going, not going to jail. So. Yeah, I guess so. It's kind of fun to break the rules sometimes, but, yeah. you know, jail's kind of tight. People come back pretty fit from jail. I don't know. <laughs> you can get a cheap tattoo there if you're into tats. Yep. Um, yep. Worth the risk. If you're, if you're into woodworking, you could make a shank, right? Yeah, exactly. There's so many, a lot of skills you can learn in there. But yeah, probably a smart <laughs> move. 
So one question, Eric, that's kind of the uh, staple question for our podcast and uh, especially relevant to you since you uh, do a lot of the copy yourself. So what's kind of an email or LinkedIn message that you get that uh, really gets your attention that uh, that's kind of a good way to get you to respond? Yeah. I mean, on the I'll start with the bad side because I like doing the bad first. Just something that you see. I get a lot of inbound on LinkedIn. Uh, which at first I thought was cool because I was important. And then I was like, this is way too much, man. <laughs> Just like you can tell when somebody is like really trying to sell you on something. So, uh, you know, a lack of authenticity is it's not great, especially kind of where we're from in our brand. Um, so just kind of like your cookie cutter message doesn't quite work for me and a tendency is bad. Also asking for something up front is never that great. Granted, it's kind of nice that the expectation is set there. You don't feel like you're messing with anybody, but um, you know, I'd, asking for something before getting any response is kind of weird to me. Um, on the good side, I'm, I'm a sucker for compliments. Throw a compliment my way and I'm there. And like a legit good compliment, like a <laughs> research compliment, like something specific to me, I'm there for. Um, so compliments are good. You know, I've had people reach out on LinkedIn who are like, I just wanted to connect and talk about some stuff or like, you know, get to know you or I'm new to the area and want to talk marketing that I've met with, which has been great. Um, you know, there's a genuine, like, I like people who seem like authentically interested in what's going on with what I'm, what we're doing. And granted, like, we don't get a lot, like a lot of the stuff wouldn't even work for us because we're pretty cheap as far as, you know, going in on new stuff, but you know, it never hurts to ask. It could be right place at the right time. Yeah, I, I agree with the compliments. Uh, I, I keep telling our sales team, uh, every, everybody loves a compliment. So yes, don't hold back on it. it. Gotcha. <laughs> yep, that's how I got this job. I complimented AJ 10 years ago, and here I am. It took 10 years, um, and I've only been here about a year and a half, but uh, it was that compliment, right, AJ? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if, if especially if somebody's looking for a job and they want to tell me I'm funnier than Vincent, that's, that's kind of a good way to get a job too. You heard it here first, right? And all those people who are looking for a job, recruiting agencies, tell AJ he is funnier than me. You'll at least get an interview. That's a promise. That is true. That is yeah. true. Yeah. So Eric, kind of a personal question here. What Anything fun you've been doing during the quarantine as you're trapped inside? Any new hobbies come into your life? Yeah, I was so stoked at the beginning of all this that I was like, finally time to do like all the stuff that I'd wanted to do, like read books and write and like get jacked. And I didn't do a lot of that, but uh, I've done some things. I bought a paddleboard and in Austin, I live like two blocks from the water downtown, which is cool. So a lot of like outdoor paddleboarding stuff. Uh, being that I work for my apartment for like 40 hours a week, it feels pretty good to get outside. Uh, and Austin is a dope town for that. So a lot of biking, I bought a tandem bike, uh, cruise around with some friends. I bought an e-bike. Oh, I bought this little like motorcycle looking e-bike back here. I don't know if you can see it, but yeah. I'm just, oh, yeah. yeah, cruising cool. around. Um, it's been good. It took me about four months to really settle in. The shock took a while, but I'm cruising now. Hmm. Yeah. And you moved, so you moved to Austin during the pandemic, Eric? Is that? Uh... Yeah, I moved here about a year and a month ago. It was last August. Okay. So you had some time to kind of get your feet wet, meet some people. Yeah. And get out there. Before we shut everything down. No, oh, I know. Now, did the whole company kind of move out there as well? Or people were kind of still scattered? 
Yeah, it's interesting because we did this big move and we took kind of a year and a half to do it, giving people the opportunity to really decide what they wanted. And like, if they didn't want to move to Austin, find jobs in San Francisco and uh, or move to different spots. And so most people officially had moved out here by the end of last year um, and beginning of this year, uh, which is funny because now we can't really work from the office, but we're, we're still set on Austin um, and we're always going to have an office presence here. Granted, like, I think a lot of companies are learning that you can do remote work pretty well. And so I think we're going to have some pretty flexible options going into next year. But um, as it stands now, we won't, I don't think our office will be up and running until, you know, spring of next year, Hmm. just to make sure everybody feels safe. Yeah, no, I hear you. It's, uh, but I think Texas is open. Well, Texas did open up rather quickly and then they kind of took a step back and I think it's opening up. Uh, you know, again soon, right, AJ? Isn't like some of the offices going to be opening up? Um, it goes day by day. So I think things yeah, were looking good. And then last, uh, I think last Thursday or Friday was, a, was the highest number across the country uh, through yeah. the pandemic. So I, I get the feeling that things won't be opening up until uh, probably sometime next year. Yeah. Everything has to be bigger in Texas, huh? <laughs> You should see the chart, man. It's like we're running a mountain race over there, just like the elevation profile, the way our cases are going. That's crazy. That's crazy. Well, Eric, just a closing thought for people. This time has flown by. Anything you want to out there? Any, you know, any uh, big sales coming up there at uh, Chubby's? Yeah, I mean, there's always something good on our site. So if you want to come to chubbies.com, come on over. Uh, personally, I know a guy who works there who says that the rewards program is pretty popping mm-hmm. and that his boss will be happy if you join it and just go and collect some points. Um, but yeah, uh, th- leaving thoughts, nothing much, just, you know, you have fun out there, you know, in your job. If you can bring like a little bit of fun into whatever marketing you do, you'll probably enjoy it and people who read it will like it too. Um, also, thank you too for, for having me on. It's super nice. And I can talk about marketing all day. So, nice. you know, it's great for me on a Monday. I think I've changed my mind now. And actually, I like Mondays. This Magic Mondays. Changed my impression of Mondays. This has been awesome, Eric. We knew it would be fun. Just, a, you know, breath of fresh air talking to you. Eric Hellstrom, Manager of Retention Marketing at Chubby's. Check out Chubby's. Buy those. You know, I can't do the five-inch shorts because I'm 6'1", 220. But... I could, the seven inch shorts are are great. I plan on buying a fleece from there. Check them out, the rewards program. That's been Eric. I am Vincent, that's AJ Gupta. This has been another episode of The Marketing Stir. Thank you and have a great any day that you're celebrating there. Take care. (laughs) Thanks for listening to The Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, email us at themarketingstir at starista.com. And thanks for listening. <laughs>